0: Introduction today because we spend a long time talking about the Royals and mostly Aldoberto Mondesi. We do it with beat writer Linworthy and columnist Sam Mellinger. The show started as a Sports Beat Live and now is presented as a Sports Beat KC podcast. It's Tuesday, June 22nd. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Let's get started. Good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly gathering where we talk Royals with the people in the media who know them best, and with you, we got Lynn Worthy here, beat writer for The Star. Hey, Lynn, how you doing?
1: Doing all right, how you doing?
0: Great, great, good to see you.
1: Yeah, yeah, actually in person, no social distance, how about that?
0: It's incredible, Uh, it it really is. uh, Producer extraordinaire Beth and I were talking before the show that we think the last time that we had a conversation in the studio was during the big 12 tournament in 2020 the day it was canceled i think sam mellinger who will be joining us here shortly and vaja gregorian and i we came down here and put together a show like what what what's going to happen now you were in spring training Yep. uh, because i think they had another maybe another day or so of spring training before that got canceled
1: do you remember well i'm trying to think exactly which day it was but i know i was in spring training i was just in Actually, the first thing that popped in my mind was I remember the last day of spring training that they had before everything stopped, and I remember there was a game that was scheduled to be played, the spring training game, I think it was against the Mariners, and we were waiting to see what was going to happen, and the thing that stands out is that uh, it was the first game of the spring training that year that Adalberto Mondesi was in the lineup. And so, yeah, it uh, it comes full circle.
0: Yes, it does. I believe Landis is going to consume much of our conversation today, as he has throughout the year on our Zoom calls earlier. But uh, listen, we want to take your questions and comments. Please send them along. And we also, before we really get into it, want to thank our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. You'll hear from them later in the show. And as I said, Sam Mellinger expected to join us Sometime during the show, he got held up, not in traffic, uh, but on the phone. So, uh, all right, can't, um, it, there's no other lead story for the Royals these days, other than Mondesi. It's been the case all year. Let's start with the news first though, Lynn, before we get into, um, into a deeper dive of, of Mondesi. What happened on Sunday, and, um, and, and what's the, uh, just what's the forecast for, for Mondesi?
1: Well, on Sunday, he played six innings and then came out of the game, and again, it was one of those, is this a maintenance thing? Because he had the day off on Saturday, and they were talking about, you know, they were going to make sure that they gave him time because he wasn't uh, full. I mean, I guess they didn't say it, but I think the the gist was he wasn't 100%, but he was coming back from the hamstring, so they were going to ease him back in. Right. Um and after the game, Mike Matheny said, well, he felt something in his side, and that's why he came out, and he was still getting evaluated. And then, so Monday, over at um, uh, Dayton Moore's CU in the major leagues youth camp, he made the announcement that, yeah, he's gonna have to go on the injury list again, and Ryan O'Hearn would be coming up.
0: So, let's see, if, if, if I've got my injuries straight, it was the final game of spring training where he suffered the original oblique injury, Right. Yep. And that was on the right side, the that right was, oblique.
1: Yep, right oblique.
0: Missed 45 games. Correct. Returned. And then on the Sunday night game, uh, I forget it was against it I can't remember who it was against. But Sunday night game, he makes a, a terrific play in the field in the late innings and tweaks a hamstring.
1: I believe it was a Monday night game. Oh, uh,
0: Monday. Was, you're right. It, yeah, was, it was Memorial, Memorial Day. Day against right.
1: the Pirates on ESPN.
0: That's right, on ESPN. And so he tweaks his hamstring. And all of a sudden, he's the first batter up in like the eighth, right? Bottom of the eighth, and he ain't at bat. He's not in the batter's box, someone else is, and so you think, oh, what the heck happened? Oh, it turns out he tweaked his hamstring on that, you know, on a really nice play to end the uh, yeah. charge and a hard throw to, to get the runner to end the, uh, the seventh, or the Pirates' top of the eighth. So he misses another handful of games, comes back, and does something, I mean, in every game that he, he played, it seems like in every game he's played, he's done something tremendous. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how it's oh, His he, His first
1: run. at bat back after the hamstring, he hits a home run. And it was like, it was center field 400 and I want to say almost 50 feet, his first at bat back. So it was, <laughs> I think Sam was there that day and I remember in the press box just looking at him and being like, really? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah it's, His first what, at bat what back. What a freak. You know, and I think, he's, so he's only played 10 games this season and I'm trying to, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, obviously, I, I want to say he's got four, I'm trying to think, is it four home runs? Six I think it's four, runs? right, yeah. four home runs. Um, in just ten games. You know, I mean, the day that he got hurt, um, like I say, he only played six innings. I think he had two doubles in that game. Right. Um, you know, and he's made these, these plays in the field, and uh, that ESPN game, he had the home run and the, the sort of strut out of the box with the bat flip. And... Um, I mean, he's packed a lot into those ten games, but the <laughs> team right. has played seventy. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then of course in one of the Red Sox games, he hits the four hundred and sixty-four foot home run, which is the matches the longest or one of the longest anyway since Statcast yeah, started.
1: It's the fourth Royals. longest by a Royal since Statcast, and it was um, I, think, I forget when the the other ones were, but it was the longest one in a while. <laughs> and,
0: and I read this in the Royals post game notes, I think from Sunday and look, the Royals do a great job with these postgame notes. They find these little uh, little nuggets. Uh, Mondesi, in, if you go back to the final six games of the previous season, 2020, Mondesi has 17 extra base hits in 16 games, and over a 16-game stretch, only one other player in Royals history has done that, and that was George Brett. So um, 17 extra base hits in his last 16 games, unfortunately for the Royals, six of those were in 2020, and only 10 of them this year, They are six and four when he plays. They're a six hundred team when he plays. Twenty six and thirty four when he
1: doesn't. Yeah, it's. um, I mean, I think I I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. I think for fans, it's obviously it's frustrating. Uh, And I would say for the Royals, it's it's frustrating too. And then you know, even just Dayton talking about the other day, he was talking about just how. Bad, they feel for him because you know. Obviously, this takes a toll on him being in and out of the lineup. How always having these injuries, always you know having people questioning what's going on with him and why he. It's always him who's hurt and who's in and out. Um, and obviously, everybody recognizes the potential. I mean, you know, we just talked about the numbers and um, anecdotally, just the way you know whether it's the bat flips or the home runs or just the you know the tape measure shots. I mean, like there's there's a lot there and everybody sees that, but. He just can't stay healthy for, for whatever reason.
0: No, and, and a couple things. None of these injuries, at least the ones this year, are you know are, are surgery requiring type of injuries. He not, didn't break a bone. He didn't. You know, they're, they're soft tissue type you know, oblique hamstring. Um, we, we can get it, maybe when Sam gets here, get into the uh, what, what column that Sam wrote about this. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about specifically is when Mondesi's out of the lineup, the ripple effect in the Royals lineup because of that, positions change, uh, the batting order certainly is is affected by it. It impacts the Royals in a pretty big way.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the other day, he was, I mean, you talk about your shortstop who was also batting, I believe, cleanup the other day. And... I mean, a legitimate cleanup <laughs> hitter. I mean, a guy who hits those home runs, a guy who is a switch hitter, a guy who's going to hit you for uh, extra base hits, is going to drive in runs. And then also, of course, the speed on top of that. I mean, leads the majors in, in stolen bases whenever he's healthy, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's... And you take him out, and it probably means Nicky Lopez starts at shortstop, or sometimes they might throw Hans or Alberto in there. And, you know, it, it just changes everything in terms of that defense up the middle when you had Nicky and Mondesi. I mean, I think it was Friday night's game against the Red Sox where the two of them more or less won you the game between their defense and their offense. Because Nicky had, I think it was two hits. Mondesi had a couple of hits. They both made some ridiculous plays in the field. And I mean, they swing a game with that defense up the middle. And you always hear about defense up the middle. I mean, you think about Salvi, Mondesi, Nicky, and then Michael A. Taylor who I haven't looked recently, but I know he was one of the top four or five guys in the defensive run saved and a bunch of different defensive metrics up until at least a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for defensively, at least. And you just haven't had that very much this season.
0: Yeah, look, we don't we don't think of Nicky Lopez as a shortstop. He's a second baseman, right? And and Whit Merrifield is a second baseman and and has to play some outfield. Or you know, Hunter Dozier gets moved around, and then the batting order, right? Um, you're taking Mondesi's. Hot, hot bat. He's hitting three sixty one, slashing what, three seventy three and then eight thirty. There's something ridiculous, right? You take him out of the lineup and, and you you know, at least looks like tonight Ryan O'Hearn's gonna be your first baseman who they just called up, right, from Omaha. I, we don't know that the lineup's potentially, not, yeah, potentially. The the lineup's not out yet, but he's the one, he's the roster replacement for uh for Mondesi, And I hope I hope Ryan O'Hearn can continue his he was hitting the heck out of the ball in Omaha. But what this the lineup is simply weaker and um, and and look you you had a good story that's posted uh, it's on the Stars website now posted this morning um, about the Dayton Moore spoke to this and we'll hear from, we'll hear from Dayton Moore later in the show but Dayton Moore spoke to this yesterday to uh, to a group of reporters that um, the 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 team that the Royals envisioned for this year the one that was you know. Based on the you know the, the the players returning, but also the off-season acquisitions of Andrew Benintendi and Carlos Santana um, and and Michael A. Taylor, you know, it it also included having Mondesi at shortstop and uh, and we, and the Benintendi's injured now, and it just hasn't been for through seventy games the the, the team that the Royals envisioned.
1: Yeah, definitely not. I mean, because I I think one of the questions that I asked was you know sort of geared towards the idea of. They wanted to, and Dayton said this for a long time, they wanted to try and win at the same time as they're developing, you know, these younger guys, whether well, it's the pitchers or some of the position players who are transitioning, is the phrase that Dayton likes to use a lot into the major leagues and so they try to do both. They wanna win, I mean, you look at the off-season, they had win-now moves with Santana, Mike Miner, Andrew Benintendi, experienced guys, guys who've won. Um, it wasn't just like, okay, we're gonna bring up whoever and try them out there, uh, I shouldn't say whoever, but bring up somebody from the minors and try them out there every day and just let them learn. It wasn't that. They decided we're gonna go get, you know, some veteran guys, proven guys, and we're gonna try and win at the majors while we're bringing these other guys up. And so I was asking whether or not he had any sort of second thoughts or, you know, question that approach at all and he said no and he said really a lot of it was they felt like those guys they've gotten what they expected out of those guys and the the combination of those guys and the returning players is why they thought they'd still be able to win and transition these other guys. Some of the returning players have underperformed and now you've got injuries. You got Monte's not there, you got Benintendi's not there, and you're transitioning these young guys and you've obviously we've seen the growing pains there. So um, it's just, you know, I mean, it's still 70 games in, so things can happen, but um, it's just not what they were hoping for in terms of the full combination of things coming together.
0: And they're not out of anything, right? They're 32 and 38. This is a team that, you know, won 16 of its first, what, 25 games, first place at the end of at the end of April. Well, since then, of course, one 11-game losing streak and then another stretch of 11 out of 12 losses but somewhere in there as well, they also got got on a little roll again. And um, anyway, it's not it's it's just not out of the realm that this team could be you know m- could be playing meaningful baseball in the second half of the season. And I th- don't you think that's what Dayton's at least the, the the organization's thinking in those terms.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he said flat out, you know, we're not in the mode of just going all in on development this season and abandoning winning for 2021. That was his response. So, um, they're still hoping to be able to do both to, you know, because obviously they're going to transition some of these guys and whether that means starting or we've seen the last week, Jackson of the bullpen, that's still going to be part of the plan because that's the plan for the future. Um, But they're not giving up on being competitive this season, especially, you know, if you get some guys healthy or you get some guys playing up to the way that they had expected, you know, based on their past uh, performances.
0: Yeah, yeah. What would going in, all in on development look like? What do you think?
1: I think that would mean, even with the struggles, you're, you bring up Daniel Lynch and have him in a rotation on a regular basis, you start um, probably Jackson Kowar. Um, I mean, I, I think it would be more just having these guys pitch every fifth day, and I'm, and I'm not sure if that actually would be feasible this year just because of the innings limits and the things that we talked about all off season and spring training. Um, But I think it would be more if guys struggle, then you keep trotting them out there through the struggles. I think it would be more like what we saw 18 and 19 with certain guys where it was like, okay, they're not quite what they're gonna be in the big leagues, but you're playing them every day so that you can get to that point.
0: How might Bobby Wood Jr. fit into that idea?
1: I don't see it happening soon. Um, Dayton right. spoke to that yesterday too. That um, there's still the plan, at least right now, still includes him going through AAA before he gets to the majors. And right now he's at AA, and he's made some strides recently at AA. But um, I think they still want to see him do a little bit more.
0: Okay, um, let's uh, let's hear from Royals general manager Dayton Moore. Lynn Worthy had the camera rolling yesterday when Dayton Moore was at the CU in the, uh, CU in the major leagues. Uh, at at Youth the Youth Baseball uh, At the Youth Baseball Academy. So this is Dayton Moore on Monday.
2: I mean, unfortunately it looks like we're gonna have to put him on the I.L. again. It's, this time it's a, it's a left oblique. I mean, he's, he's just devastated. And um, you know, we just feel so bad for him. We're obviously a, a much different team when he's on the field um, and to replace him, we're gonna call up Brian O'Hearn. He's in great shape. I mean, you know, our performance science people, our medical team, uh, all the great folks at, at University of Kansas Health Systems, everybody, Doc Key, Doc Nolan, I mean, everybody has had hands-on, you know, with, with Mondi and it's just uh, it's just one of those deals. I mean, he'll, he'll get through it eventually. It's just, um, I mean, he's had a lot of setbacks, you know, with his... Uh, with his body, we always have to prepare um, for injuries in this game. When you lose a player of, of his talent level, and um, obviously he plays a premium position, uh, it, it hurts a little bit more. But uh, you know we can't make excuses, and um, you know we've got to figure out how we can uh, get better and uh, look for solutions. And so it's it's hurtful. That we don't get a chance to watch him play more at this point in time, but we're going to remain optimistic that um, he's going to do whatever's Continue to do whatever's necessary, which he always has. He's always been very compliant. Uh, does whatever we ask him to do. It's just it's just one of those things. I mean, if you know, I wish it was different, but it's, it's unpredictable, as you know, and until you start getting through those uh, initial uh, phases of the rehab process and how they respond. But uh, Nick doesn't believe it's as serious as the previous one. And how they respond.
0: Well, two things. First of all, welcome, Sam. Good to see you, buddy. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. Um, the other thing is, I think every baseball interview should be conducted with kids playing baseball in the background. <laughs> I love that. The world would be a better place. <laughs> Wouldn't for sure. it, that was cool. All right, so you just heard from Dayton Moore, and it was about Adam and Elizabeth. Sam, Lynn, and I have been talking about it. Um, uh, for the first uh, 20 minutes or so. <sighs>
1: <laughs>
0: there it is. Guess, there it is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've, we've gone over the kind of the nuts and bolts of it and, and how it how it affects the lineup, how it affects defense. You've got a column today uh, that's posted. I, I want to know from you what the uh, – let's just talk a little deeper about Mondesi and his future and whether – he's a player that can be counted upon. He's not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the short answer, no,
3: no. They can't trust him, Like, I mean, how could they, right? Like, um, you know, he he played a full season last year, Uh, you know, 59 out of the 60 games, but um, you know, what's the number? Is it 110 games, something like that, that he hasn't played more than since he was 17 years old. And he's been on the DL or IL, um, I think it's six times in four years. I think that's right. That sounds yeah. about right. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: three this year, so.
3: And I mean now, I mean, and this is just—you couldn't make this story up, you know. Like if if you <laughs> said that this was, this is what happened to arguably the most important player, you know, on the on the roster, people wouldn't believe you. You know, ten games. He's finished seven three IL stints now. Um, it, it's, and the frustrating thing, and Dayton just said in that clip about premium position, and you know, if this is an outfielder, you can. You can absorb that a little bit better if this is a pitcher you can absorb it if it's a first baseman you can find guys to play that position but a shortstop nikki lopez is okay he can get you through a week but i think he gets exposed if you know the longer that goes on Um, bobby witt jr will be up at some point they say he can play big league shortstop but it's just look they built this team in the last couple off seasons they thought salvador perez bobby witt jr and mondesi Let's get them on the field together as long as possible and surround those three high, you know, top shelf, high ceiling talents with as much, you know, Hunter Dozier when he's right, Um, you know, Ben Intendi when he's healthy, Uh, you know, just kind of supporting players, enough pitching, and that can be a playoff team. That's the core of a a playoff team, but Salvador Perez is doing his part. He's on the best stretch of his career. Bobby Witt Jr. appears to be on his way. Um, I'd expect him in Omaha you probably know more about this than I do, but I expect him to be in Omaha fairly soon But honestly, they just can't they can't trust him. they got to figure out if this is preparation if it's you know He's not doing the maintenance um, Is his body just not capable of 162 games? Does he have the worst luck of anybody in professional sports? They got to figure out an answer and tailor that the good news I think is Nick Kenny is really good They've got a good medical staff um, But they've got <laughs> they, they've got a zero in on this because it is a huge issue
0: Yes, I mean it's it's. Um, you know, Lynn and I were saying it's been a it's been a crazy season anyway. But they're only six games under 500, yeah. and he's missed all but ten games. Yeah. it's it's. It, I think it's fair to wonder what this team would be if he were you know if he would played 65 of
3: the 70 games. Yeah, I mean not for not. I mean they're six and four. And it's a small know, sample size, which is the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're six and four in games that he's played. Um, now I. I I haven't done the math on games that he's finished. That would be, that would be somewhat less as well. But um, he is just a dynamic talent. And and look, it's only the last 22 games, I think, is the number of last season and then 10 of this season. I mean, that's less than a fifth of a of a normal season. But it appears that when he's been on the field since the beginning of last September that we've got what the Royals have envisioned. The play discipline is still not there. Um, I think even this year it's, it's, it's one walk and 11 strikeouts I think is the number. Um, but all that being said, his hand-eye is ridiculous, strength is ridiculous, power ridiculous, speed. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> he is a game-changing, he's the most talented guy that they've had on the big league roster since Carlos Beltran. Like, I, I think that that is just a fact. I think, you know, Lorenzo Cain might be second, but he, he is different. But, you know, the thing I've started to think about him is he can, he can
1: really play. When he can play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I was I was talking to a friend of mine who's not from Kansas City and who was asking me, like, so what's the deal with this Mondesi AI? Yeah. I was like <laughs> and I said I said, Yeah. I said, Well, he's basically Francisco Lindor that you saw with the Indians when he's healthy. I was like, he's just yep. not, never healthy. I said that's I said he's that switch hitter, the speed, the yep. power, that type of defense. I said, He's Lindor, when he's healthy, he's just never healthy. Yep.
0: Yep. <sighs> Is he is he, uh, did I do it again?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, As you should. I, I apologize. we just, we're all
0: honest on you, this you show. You're speaking
1: for the fans. <laughs> Royals Nation is with that sigh right there.
0: Is he, uh, is he trade bait now?
1: I would hate to
3: trade him just because I, I think the, you'd be selling so low, you know? If somebody's you, you willing to be. trade him on the value of 145 games a year, sure. Um, but I don't think, I wouldn't do that. You know, like think about what the Royals, was it Tim Hill? Is that all they gave up for Franchi Cordero? A year? Um, in, Yeah, in, in and, that
1: deal. and they got more than just Franchi Cordero. They yeah, got
3: they, Bolaños, too. Yes. Yeah. That was the same deal with Bolaños. Yeah. And, and Cordero is not nearly, you know, the, the talent um, or the position that Mondesi is. Um, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't want to do that. He, he's, he's, and I, I know I wrote this, I'm like, like whatever, but, um, you know, he is far too talented. To walk away from or give up on, and he's far too unreliable to trust that he can be in the lineup. Like I, I don't know what the solution is there. Yeah,
1: and I, I question sort of like you what the what you get in return. And I heard yeah. somebody saying this the other day, and I thought I was like, you know, as I heard, it, I was like, yeah, that that's a you know um, something to consider. Is like you know Ben Benintendi had more of a track record of production in the major leagues and success. Yeah, and. You, they gave up Cordero. Um, Lee was a, a, you know, a top prospect, but then it was like these minor leaguers who were low level that you mm-hmm. weren't really sure what you were getting out of any of those guys. And this is for a guy with a track record, so you're going to yeah. get low. So if you were to deal him now, you're getting below that, probably yeah. well below that yeah. for whatever you're going to get on the
3: return. Yeah, a trade would just be basically, at this point, just complete frustration of just, I don't want to deal with this headache anymore. And I just, that's not, that's not how you get better, I don't think. All right, let's take a
0: break. Let's hear from our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. The Kansas City Royals lineup is backed up by the region's strongest team in healthcare, The University of Kansas Health System. We both suit up with one goal in mind to win. The University of Kansas Health System, official health care provider of the Royals. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Please visit kansascity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back on Sports Beat Live Talking Royals with Sam Mellinger and I was gonna say Vaje Gregorian, but that is not the case. No? Lynn is here. And um, all right, so we're talking Alberto Mondesi, of course. And the, my, my next question about Modesty is, is he the Royals' shortstop of the future, given that he can't stay on the field, and that position is so important? And as, as you and I talked about earlier, Lynn, when he's not on the field at shortstop, he impacts, there's a ripple effect that impacts so many other positions uh, that if he's an outfielder, you don't, might not have that same ripple effect.
1: You know, um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I think they obviously, they still believe in him. You know, they want to believe in him. Um, and I always, at least up to this point, it got the sense that, that third base was where Bobby Wood Jr. was eventually going to end up and be side by side with Mondesi. I'm just not sure if they can stick with that plan or, and I don't know that it was necessarily a set in stone plan. I think it was maybe just the, they were preparing for that eventuality. Um, I just don't know if you can keep preparing for that eventuality, or <laughs> I just don't know if that's going to be the case. To me,
3: I, I would think that decision. I would, if I was Dayton and JJ and like the, the the front office, just leave that decision up to Nick, Kenny, and sort of performance science, and just because I, what I don't know is well, where are you going to move him? Um, first base or DH seems like a complete waste of that level of ability. If you move him to center field, is a position that I think makes the most sense, but like. I'd be curious what Nick and those guys say about the load. Is it really different? Is that a better bet to keep him healthy? It might be, you know, but I don't know. Like center field for most guys would be a, a, an upgrade in, in you know the physical toll right. that, it would, that it would take. I mean, remember when Whit Merrifield, I don't know how much, I think there was a little bit of PR in this, but you know, remember Whitmerfield last year, the year before, center field and the legs, we don't know, and all that stuff, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with, um, and we're talking about a guy with hamstring, groin, um, obliques, right. both of them. Uh, I, I just don't know, but if, if sports science said, you know, um, his specific body, and there's something about the injuries that have happened, and we think, you know, just more straight line running, uh, and less of the quick twitch, you know, plant and go stuff would be a, an upgrade then I think you'd have to do that especially in Witt Jr I think presents him with a pretty good that's a damn good safety net you know if if the if the reports are you know and there's people that have seen him a lot more than us play shortstop if if they think he can really play big league shortstop then sure but if sports science says that you know look anything short of DH it's not going to help him stay healthy modesty's a better shortstop according to the reports defensively than Witt so I would I would Keep him there if, if he's not if if it doesn't improve his health, like that's the reason you move him. I think center field would be the position. Um the speed would play. The yeah, arm
0: yeah. is plenty. Yeah. But I also remember Kane getting hurt a lot. Yep. You know he, he was a guy that if if we look back at the numbers when when Kane was a full time player for the Royals probably missed as many games and. Yeah. Uh, with hamstrings and yeah. muscle muscle injuries.
3: Seems like his was always like stretching. He first like skip face. a step <laughs> right. and like stretch his leg out. Uh, I mean, he needs to go to Casey and work with uh, with, what's with Al Hobson. Track. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a great point. That's what Lorenzo Kane did. Yeah, yeah. Helped him out. Yeah. Um, um, okay, let's. Um, modesty can't dominate the entire conversation. <laughs> oh, I guess he can, but uh, uh, there are some other other. Uh, issues here topics hey the rules have won two out of three right two out of three from the red sox not too shabby and but one of those games like was it the first game of the series where they went with uh, an opener
1: yeah we had the That's uh a little Ky- different. kyle zimmer starting pitcher which uh it was funny i th- i can't remember if it was the day after or it was one of the days right after that he was walking through the uh, dugout before the game and i just Said to him, I said, Hey, there goes Kyle Zimmer, starting pitcher. And he looked up at me and said, What year is it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll go down the list. Who, who, uh,
0: Bubich came in after uh, Zimmer went to Bubich two and a third, I think. Uh,
1: that sounds, right. I know he came in after. I'm trying yep. to figure out how many innings he went. Um, yeah, it might have been two and a third. Um, Kowar pitched later. Was it that? I think it was the next game that, uh, I can't remember now. Um, but Kowar pitched late in the game where he he actually, the first inning was rough. Like there was two wild pitches. One of them I remember being a curveball that did not curve and went straight to the backstop in the air. Um, but he actually got out of that inning without giving up a run, if I remember correct. For the first time all year. Yeah, and then he pitched a 1-2-3 inning for the first time all year the next inning. And I think it was one of the batters in the inning was Raphael Devers, who had like a 9 60 OPS or something ridiculous. And so then he got to a third inning and that did not, did not go quite as well. He ended up giving up a two run home run. Um, but I mean, considering he had two starts that went to combine two innings and I forget what the number was. I want to say it was eight runs. Um, to see two innings plus of two run ball and, you know, the two, two run home yeah. run was the only thing was. I guess somewhat encouraging.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Santana was part of it. He was yeah. part of this uh, uh, relay race. Yeah,
1: um, and the, the games are starting to run together. Yeah, I but Bubic and Coar are now available out of the bullpen. I'm sure it will still be some semi regular days as far as when they pitch and try to sort of simulate. Okay, every fifth day with also a bullpen day. I don't think you'll see them back to back, but um, but that's going to be how they sort of ease them in and also limit the innings were low that you know guys who didn't have full seasons and have never pitched full seasons in the majors yet
0: and Dayton talked about this a little bit yesterday didn't he we talked about you know Adam Wainwright didn't come in and you know wasn't a starter right away and i remember he came in and was a great relief pitcher in 06 when the cardinals won the world series and Wainwright out of the bullpen you know was and i just thought because you knew he was going to become a starter and the cardinals knew it but he was he was tremendous as a as a relief pitcher um, and he, he had some other examples of players who just weren't stars right away as he was talking about the development of this team. And I think he had in mind the young pitchers, right? Lynch and Kowar especially. I kind of like the idea of getting him out of the the, the starting leverage situation and, and when, when Lynch returns, um, kind of easing them in. Don't, don't you think, Sam, that could yeah. be a way to go
3: for them? The, the Royals and <laughs> Maybe all of the other twenty nine teams have had success doing it that way. It's it makes sense. Your your stuff can play better. You know your, your velocity can pick up. You know a tick or two, and um, you can max effort a little bit more and gain some confidence to get guys out. That the example Wainwright's a great one because um, he was in some high high leverage in the playoffs, right? Uh, yeah. It, it, as a reliever, um, I always think of Zach Greinke you know, maybe the best starting pitcher, probably the best starting pitcher this organization has ever developed. And uh, his situation was a lot different um, for a lot of ways. But after he walked away and he was killing people in Wichita um, and, and he came up and transitioned as a relief pitcher and it actually helped him in the long run, uh, his velocity stayed pretty close to where it was. I'm not saying that's, Zach's not normal, <laughs> you know, like right. results <laughs> uh, you know, are not common here. Uh, but I think that there is some a combination of actual physical like yes I can get guys out you know with this stuff and I can trust this change up in this situation and all that stuff and 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 the manager can massage it a little bit too I mean god Matheny and and Cal they got a lot of things to juggle the workload from last year everything that you just mentioned of the every fifth day we got a long man whatever I mean it, it's <laughs> there's a lot going on there but I, I do think that there's some value in getting these guys they need confidence, and, and they're gonna need the same thing from Lynch, you know, um, of just, can I get guys out? Because they don't know that they can yet. <laughs> That's something that, that is still to be learned. Um, I actually remember like one of the things, <laughs> I've been wrong about many things, right? But I was like, when Zach came back and was so good as a reliever, I'm kind of like, leave him there. <laughs> You're finally getting something out of this guy, but obviously that was would have been a stupid idea. <laughs> Well, one,
0: one day we'll have the conversation uh, about the uh, best pitcher the Royals have ever developed. Yeah. Right? Uh, Zink Greinke's a good one, but David yeah. Cohn is in that sure. conversation. Yeah. I, I mean, Kevin Apier is in that
3: conversation. Um, Zach will be, um, you know, maybe we'll save it for that show, but Zach will be the first uh, Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Um, Royals uh, have not produced a Hall of Fame pitcher. Drafted by the Royals.
0: Right? Cy Young yep. winners, but, sure. not, uh, yep. but not Hall of Fame pitchers. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So... Um, but, in the meantime, they've got to come up with a rotation, yeah. uh, and it's Brady Singer tonight against the Yankees. What's the rest of the rotation gonna look like for this series?
1: Well, Wednesday is still technically up in the air. I mean, I think, um, and they haven't said this, and I, I did ask the other day, he, he said they were still deciding what was gonna happen on Wednesday. Um, it is, you know, doing, doing just, you know, some amateur math Friday was the day that I talked to Danny Duffy and he pitched his live session. And now he's not fully stretched out. That session was 40 pitches is what he told me. But if I do Friday and I say, okay, the fifth day, that lines up, that lines up for Wednesday. He's not technically active yet. Um, he did go on the last trip when he wasn't active, so I'm assuming he's traveling with them this uh, into New York. So if they were to activate him, I don't know if he'd be able to give you Sixty probably probably be I don't know sixty might be pushing it because he's he's pitched in live situation type things but forty pitches uh, so far um, but maybe maybe there's some opener or maybe he gives you something and you have uh, somebody ready to do the piggyback type thing um, when uh, it's not entirely clear if they're still going to do the piggyback thing with Brady because they did that sort of did a piggyback thing his last start without apparently telling him that they were doing it. <laughs> um because he had a shoulder thing that he was working through and again he's one of those guys who pitched last year but I think he's already at thirteen or fourteen starts this year, which is more than he made last year in that you know, in his first season in the big leagues. And so he had a shoulder thing and they kept him to three innings his last start out. Um talked to him the other day and he said he was fine, but um they didn't tell him he was gonna be having a short outing and so um so it's again, like you said, lots of things to juggle. I mean, between the innings and who's going to have full starts, who's going to have abbreviated starts, and who's going to be the guys ready to come in. Whether that's you know Carlos Hernandez, Urban Santana, Bubich, and Kolar. Um, we know. The Singer is going to start. We don't know how long he's going to pitch tonight. <laughs> we're not sure. any <laughs> class game. Yeah, we're not sure who's going to start tomorrow. And then we know Keller is going to go uh, on Thursday. And for right now, Keller and Miner are the guys that they're just going to lean on and say, we need you to get as deep into this yeah. game as you can. And sometimes that works for those guys. But we've also seen times with Keller where that hasn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, he's been better yeah. lately as far as that. But that, that could get dicey depending on the day, too.
0: Yep. Third time through the lineup's been tough for for Keller recently. Yeah. It's um, so I always kind of think of him. Maybe he's miscast. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But that third time through the lineup's been tough.
3: And it, it seems like that's a thing that's been amplified lately. Like I, his first year or two, it seemed like he was able to go six, seven. Um, not every game. Nobody. Well, <laughs> few people do that. But um, yeah, there, there's something lately that's just been a little bit off. On that, and uh, and the Royals are a lot more analytical, you know, with this stuff with their uh, bullpen decisions than, than they used to be. Um, you know, I think Matheny is really bought in, um, and and that stuff is used a lot more. I think Ned was always given the information, and sometimes he'd use it, but sometimes I think you know, <laughs> man, you know, go with the gut, <laughs> match them up, <laughs> you know, match them up, uh, and they won the World Series. So.
0: All right, they're hitting better with runners in scoring position, at least against the Red Sox, or they're scoring. Well,
1: I was going to say, they actually hit with runners (laughs) in (laughs)
0: scoring position.
1: Right, right. So So, so, so any hitting was better than what what,
0: what they were were getting. And we'll end on this. Um, Is Salvador Perez the Royals' lone all-star?
1: Mm-hmm. Or is there a
0: second All-Star candidate from this team? Uh,
1: at this point, I'd say he's the lone All-Star. I, I would, and it was going to be hard. But the guy who I thought maybe had a shot um, was Benintendi, just because his numbers were really starting to pick up. But yeah. in the outfield, it's always tough too. So um, at this point, I mean, I think Witt's in the top five at second base. But um, Salvi, I mean, I think Salvi's among the top vote getters and the majors right he now he was third so, um yeah overall at least the last update i saw yeah, and
0: yeah. a couple years ago he was the top it was
3: vote like, yeah it was like a and somebody else mm-hmm. and that was above and that was it
0: he is um uh, again we, we we talk a lot about salvi and what's down the road for him but he, you know he's found a new um he, he's just he's a different hitter he really is. You know, he, he just is. Uh, I, I still think he's, he hasn't been great with runners in scoring position, but nobody has, really. Yeah. But his numbers... 18 home runs not at the midway point he's on pace for about 40 it's bonkers yeah
1: yeah. at one point they were um and i'm not sure this is dated at one point i think they were saying he was on pace for like 42 which would you know only be behind solaire's 48 from uh 48 or 49 48 from a couple years ago um as far as the most in the season single season franchise history and this is from a guy who's you know a catcher every day um, and he's. that's the other thing, is I, mean, I wrote about this a couple uh, weeks back, but he's still played every game so he's far. Every as he, single you know, game. He's either yeah. between catcher and DH. Yeah. And he says he wants to play all 160. And I mean, we'll see as far as injuries. I mean, catcher is so hard to predict that he's gonna be, you know, whether it's a foul ball off the mask or something like that, but he's been in the lineup every day and they've needed him in the lineup every day. He's had some late season fades mm-hmm. in the past
3: when he's you know, sort of played a little bit too much. But this is, I don't know if the numbers would back me up on this, but I, w- I would imagine that this is the most he's DH'd, you know, through 70 games. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a way to keep him fresh. But he, he's also, normal rules don't necessarily apply to that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he, he is he is different. Because guys don't have their best seasons at, is he 31, 32, 32? 31. I, 31. I think in
1: May, I wanna say his birthday is in May, I wanna yeah. say he turned thirty one in May. And this it's is crazy. his
3: eleventh, I think it's his eleventh season. Yeah. But if you look and it you know, it's we're talking about like fractions here, but um <laughs> Salvi's never gonna be, you know, Kevin Euglis, right? But um, his 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 pitches per plate appearance have increased every year since I think either 2014 or 2015. Um, I don't know if his walks have <laughs> necessarily, but he's at least being a little bit more patient. I think that's been um, a key to his success the last couple seasons.
0: One thing when you when you consider a, you know, a Hall of Fame candidate, um, you consider the position, right? He's not yeah. gonna have overall numbers that are equal to some of the best hitters in the sure. game, but among catchers, yeah, he's gonna be terrific. Yeah. And, I looked at this just recently. I was looking at Joe Mauer's career numbers uh-huh. and uh Salvi's already I think caught as many games as Mauer. Mauer moved yeah. injuries he moved him to first base and uh, Minnesotans think that Mauer should be a Hall of Famer and make the case for that and I mean Salvi's on on, on a path to pass Joe Mauer's numbers. So yeah. um, I,
3: I, that's going to be a hell of an interesting debate. Is Joe Mauer's Hall of Fame? Because is, is he a catcher? Is he a first baseman? Yeah. Is he a DH? Uh, he won two two batting titles, right? He did. Um, I don't know.
1: That that's going to be a really interesting debate. Yeah. And salve has got the Gold Gloves. That, gold you know, Silver so Sluggers. Gold. got five. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mauer was a great
0: defensive catcher as well when, yeah. he, when he was catching. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, we'll end it there. Um, great to have Sam Mallinger and Lynn Worthy in studio. Yeah. In studio. How about that? That's fantastic, and uh, and Beth, of course, was uh, is our producer, does a fantastic job. Thanks to the University of Kansas Health System sponsoring this show, and we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Thanks a lot. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith, Tip of the Capital in Worthy, and for Sam Mellinger for stopping by and talking Royals, Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website, and they always appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at 5 dollars a month, unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe read about what's going on with the chiefs the royals the colleges our soccer teams and more how do you get it go to kansascitycom city.com sports 2020 that's kansascitycom city.com sports pass 2020. you want more than just sports coverage check out the entire kansas city star product sports news features commentary and analysis the whole thing you get all the stories written by my talented colleagues plus additional national news sports sports and business coverage with the e-edition the details for all of these deals can be found at account dot slash subscribe and i know that's a lot of dots and dashes if you have any trouble hunting down any of the offers send me an email Kirkoff at kcstar.com and i'll get you to the right place so whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.